Welcome to Income for Baby Boomers. If you want to learn about exciting new businesses each week from other boomers who speak your language and have started a unique and profitable business from home, you have come to the right place. For those who would like to try some of these low investment opportunities, stay tuned. We'll help you get started in your own profitable adventure. Now with your host and entrepreneur, Ken Queen. Hi, folks. I'd like to introduce you to Rick Day, who is a successful peril entrepreneur, including his website and his podcast. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. I think the first question people might have is, what is a peril entrepreneur? Uh, well, so there's if you think about batteries and you think about serial batteries, you know, you hear the, the serial entrepreneur term all the time, but I like to say I'm a parallel entrepreneur because I run now, I'm involved in four businesses all at the same time. Nice. So nice. Not necessarily, so sorry, not necessarily one after the other, but all four are going at the same time. Okay, that, so you've, you've got your hands full uh, day and night. Absolutely. <laughs> Most of the, my listeners are probably looking to get one part-time business going. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so they're they're not maybe as motivated, but some of them really want to spend 40 hours a week. You know, there's a variety of, of listeners we have. But Rick, I'd like to just go way back. Let's go to way back for a minute. What age or when did you start getting, uh, seeing yourself as being an entrepreneur? What? How did it all start? Mm, well, that's funny. It's, uh, seeing myself as an entrepreneur didn't happen until much later. But, you know, I, I sort of grew up knowing that I needed to work if I was going to make some money. So I, I cut yards as a kid and and then lied about my age and, and uh, when I was 15 so I could start working in a restaurant and bussing tables and then that sort of thing. So I've always been pretty industrious and, and wanting to support myself. Excellent. So what was the first your first step into starting some kind of side business or what was your first uh, experience? Well, I was uh, after I got out of the Navy here in San Diego, I was putting myself back through college at San Diego State University. And I ran into a buddy of mine who was detailing cars, and but he presented it that he had his own company, which I thought was weird. I go, well, really, you're just washing cars. And he goes, no, he says, it's a mindset difference. And he says, I have my own business. I have my own company. And that really struck me strongly. And so I went and I asked him to teach me how to do it. And I went out and found my own clients and you know provided him with some labor while he was teaching me, obviously. But that was really the first one. And I ended up selling that. It helped me get through college and ended up selling that business to another student uh, as I moved on. Very nice. Yeah, there's uh, in Florida where I'm at, there's many people that do that type of work full time and have explosive businesses. So it's uh, certainly uh, a viable uh, business today. Absolutely. I mean, it's great for students and, and kids, you know, that, that can, they want to schedule their own hours and they want to make some money. And, and it was good practical experience because you had to run all aspects of the business. Well, that's good. I liked hearing about your beginnings because a lot of people, you know, they're just retiring. Uh, they've, you know, they've never own a $20 million business, though we probably have some listeners in that category, but the fact that you had those small beginnings and that's where it all started, what what were you thinking? What was what was your mindset? What kind of books were you reading or were you reading? Some? Well, I really learned from from my buddy, Larry, and, and it was um, it was interesting that, you know, the mindset that he explained to me became so important. So, you know, after I sold that business, I sold it so that I could go into straight commissions, uh, straight commission sales in the computer industry. And then it was in that industry that it kind of morphed into telecommunications and I started my own business. But 
I was always fascinated. I mean, my degree is in finance and I was fascinated with, with management and sales and operations and the finance piece and, and how to start and build a business. And, you know, so I, I read a lot of, of magazine articles and Forbes and Fortune and I developed heroes out of that and then read books by, oh gosh, Mark McCormick and Harvey McKay and Tony Robbins and Tom Hopkins and just so many great books on business over the years, including Jack Welch and then even subscribed to Harvard Business Review magazine as, as I got more sophisticated in my management. Okay. Did you go out walking on fire with Tony? No, I didn't. I didn't do the fire walk. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, but I did attend a couple of seminars from him and or that he did and read uh, Unleash the Power Within. And so I thought, you know, it was um, I was always seeking that that a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more professionalism. Super. So, okay, we have many talented people that are listening that have probably done a, a field for 20, 30 years or more. Sure. And they've been an accountant, they've been an attorney, they've, I mean, it, they could be a plumber or whatever. And now they're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to make money with what I already know? Or do I have to start over and come up with something new if I'm going to consult or or whatever I'm going to do. What, what do you recommend for these folks? Well, there are a couple things. Um, first of all, I always think that that you know, we talked about this uh, when you and I spoke the other day. That that after you've been in business or, or been in a job or a profession, you know, twenty, thirty years, you you certainly learn a lot of things. So you've got a, val- a valuable knowledge base, um, and you probably also have a valuable network of people. Yes. So you know, the con- the, the consult the consulting angle, I think, really is the first one that people come up with or is the first one that comes to mind. But um, I also think about, well, what sort of transferable skills do I have? What do I, what did I learn in my business or in my professionalism or my professional career where, you know, that I can transfer or translate to someone else, um, even in a different industry? Uh, that's one. And I think secondly, you know, look at your hobbies and look at uh, things that you're really, really good at. If you're, you know, if you've been an attorney, but you love to, uh, you know, you love to paint or you love to fly model airplanes or you love to sail. Uh, you know, there may be opportunities there in your hobbies where you can, uh, you know, make a difference in people's lives. And do you agree with this thinking? Uh, uh, at least I do. And that is uh, sometimes if you're on step 20 only, you're fairly new into something, you can teach those newbies. If you're 20 years down the line, you can't even communicate anymore. You're so far advanced that uh, you expect people to know step this, this, and this, but you can't even converse with them. Do you follow me? Yeah, I do. I, and, and it's been an interesting challenge uh, in my uh, my entrepreneurial coaching business, you know, my online business for, for yes. helping those guys because um, sometimes I think I'm having, you know, even the, the most basic, basic conversations with these people but then I have to remember what it was like back when I first started and and just simple concepts of, of business structure and, you know, a sales and marketing plan and, you know, simple, simple things like that. When I look at them today, I go, oh, my gosh, of course you have that. And they're asking me questions about how to develop those things in their business. So you got to remember there's a few steps they don't know. That's important. That's, that's great that, that you're seeing it from that. Um, so let's take someone right here in our audience uh, that's listening. Let's say he's an accountant. He's uh, just been laid off or 
uh, he's taken an early retirement, he wants to do something, what would be the first steps? What would you recommend he does? Well, I mean, certainly an, an accountant who it sounds like, you know, if he's working for another firm, for example, um, would know how an accounting firm runs. Um, he would know about billable time and hours and how to track those. Uh, he would certainly have seen a number of different types of companies and, and contacts that had come through his, you know, his field of work. So, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of information that accountants have, I think, that they could look at profitable businesses to go into and, and maybe seek out those people and say, you know, can I can I help you with your books? Can you can I work for you? Can I help you or can you teach me the business? Um, so I think accountants in particular would have a sort of a unique perspective and a u- unique opportunity there. It seems, too, that uh, often when people start consulting, they often consult uh, to their last company they worked at. Yeah, that's often the case. It's it's almost like, a, you know, a, a retirement um, play where the company says, oh, well, we're going to retire you early or, you know, but we still need your skill set. And, and many companies, when they go to, you know, cut down expenses are, are looking at some of the senior people and, and offering early retirement, but they still need that skill set, you know, at least some of the time. So uh, I think we see that a lot in business. All right. Okay. Yeah. So let's go back to this consultant, uh, or I should say this accountant. What would you recommend he sh- should do first? What would be the first step for him to, to figure out how to get his business off the ground? Uh, any particular places you'd go and put your name or promote yourself? What would be the first steps you'd probably do? Well, I think the first thing, I mean, in today's day and age, um, you know, everybody's on LinkedIn. And, you know, so LinkedIn's first. Okay. Yeah, for me, I mean, every people have a paper resume, which is great to go and hand someone for an interview. But with everything moving online, I think, you know, LinkedIn is sort of the new online resume, if you will. And you've got everything from recommendations and referrals to certifications to job experience. So I think if you're not on LinkedIn, you're making a big mistake. So that's number one. It, it, number two, look in your area for, you know, business networking events. Um, you know, you've got meet uh, meetup events. Uh, yes, yes. You know, uh, that's that's another great way just to get out and and, you know, meet people. And then I think uh, look back at your professional network, even your customers and talk with those people about opportunities that you might be looking for. Super. Yeah. So, and grow your network on LinkedIn would would be one of the uh, good uh, good concepts. Yeah, I think that's the first place you go because so much communication is done via email, and uh, you know you're going to email your clients, you're going to email prospects, you're going to meet people at at uh, these meetups or or uh, entrepreneurial conferences or or angel investor conferences, and the first thing you're going to want is a business card, and then you're going to give them that, and then you're pretty much going to communicate via email or telephone. So. Uh, if you've got a, a good LinkedIn profile, uh, they can tell you, a, you know, they can tell a lot about you and your experience and the type of person and, um, you know, some, what other people say about having worked with you or other people have endorsed you for various skills. So there's a lot of valuable information on there. And uh, with LinkedIn, would you say that the 20 other accountants that are doing the same thing you're doing are your allies or your Stay or, away from them. Or, or competitors. Well, if competitors, <laughs> I think, um, you know, I really don't think too much about competition and, and maybe I should. But 
it, you know, whether I'm in business or whether um, I'm pursuing, you know, some type of uh, arrangement or consulting opportunity with someone, I really don't give too much concern to my competition. I, I, I know what my skill set is. I know where I'm good. Um, I, I know, you know, I try to identify if there's a good fit between and between uh, potential customer and myself. And then I really just kind of stick to my strengths and their needs and try to match up those two. So, um you know, I think um, in some ways those other accountants would be competitors, and in other ways uh, you might be networking and saying, "Hey, if you if you get uh, some clients and you don't have enough and you don't have enough time, then maybe I can do work for you." So it could be either way. That that's one thing I found uh, on online compared to brick and mortar. Usually, someone that's doing exactly what you're doing is you know your mortal enemy. <laughs> Right. Kind of thing where online, it seems like other organizations that are doing podcasts, for example, like me, are my friends. Sure. So they really, you know, we work together and we help each other. But I guess in a brick and mortar situation, you're so close to each other. It, you know, uh, the old way of doing business is that's the enemy. <laughs> but online, maybe not necessarily so. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, you talk about people that want to, you know, have a, a part time income you know, a lot of, I mean, you can go down to the coffee shop and get a part-time job or, or a boutique um, or, you know, some, some hobby store that, that, that you've frequented and, and say, hey, I'd love to work here part-time. You know, I'm passionate about, you know, uh, what, whatever the, this, the retailer is. So you, you may have brick-and-mortar opportunities. Um, certainly for Business by Day, you know, my business consulting website, it's been a part-time endeavor for me. And it's fun. It's not that I'm not... Um, 100% invested in the information and the quality of what I produce. It's just that with other businesses that I have, um, it becomes a part-time endeavor. And it's all online. And I love the all online model because it doesn't matter. I mean, just like you and I, we've never met before except through a, a mutual friend. And you're, you're in Florida. I didn't even know that until today. And it's really not relevant, right? Right. Uh, exactly. And so, you know, with one, with one of my business consulting groups that I have, you know, I've got clients in New York and Atlanta and Wichita and Florida and San Diego. And and the other part of that, it doesn't really even matter where I am. So if you can connect via the Internet, we're all mobile. We're all out there. I can be at a conference and pop back to the hotel room and hold a one hour meeting and then go back to the conference again. Yes. This uh, the Internet is amazing. For business, that's for sure. sure. It, it's it's found some negative uses, <laughs> but it has a lot of positive ones. Well, it's a great tool for sure. It's a great tool. Um, so let's just uh, continue for a minute on this accountant. So he goes to LinkedIn. Uh, he goes to some of the meetups. Uh, he he goes to some of the network uh, marketing groups uh, to meet a few people. Uh, what would be the next step? Would he be creating a website at this point, or what would be the next step for him? Do you think? Well, I think the first step really is to yes, a website's in the near future. But the first thing I would do is sit down and sketch out a little plan. I tend to be a business planner, or, or you know. And somebody said to me the other day, they said, "Well, I don't want to write a business plan. That's thirty pages long." It doesn't have to be 30 pages long. And I said, think of it as about, think about it like this. Think about it as a business project. And if you're going to do a project, what are the tools that you need? What are the milestones that you need to hit? You know, what is the objective of the project? And they said, oh, well, that makes it a lot better. So think about it as a business project, not a business plan. Um, but the first thing you got to start off with really is, 
is what are the skill sets that you're trying to um, really dig into? What, you know, what are the skills that you possess or what do you think your product is? And then be, the next step beyond that is who do you think is interested in buying this product? Whether it's a service, whether it's consultation, whether it's uh, a, you know, a book that you want to write. But who's your client? Who's your ideal client? And mm-hmm. if you can start off with really identifying what your product or service is and who your client is, then yes, the next thing is website, and then you're going to do you're going to open up some social media accounts and go from there. So uh, I sketch out that okay, I'm an accountant and I'm really good with uh, uh, helping farmers. I really know you know their their business. And uh, I would, I don't want to work with farmers directly anymore, but I would like to work with other accountants that work the farming industry. So now what's my next step? How am I going to find these, these accounts? How, how am I going to approach them? How am I going to find them? Well, interesting. So um, there are, you know, you can go find a, a, a meetup group. Now, I don't think you're going to have a, a large group of, I hate to stereotype, but I don't think you're going to find a large group of, of farmers on LinkedIn. I mean, they're out, they're, they're working their, or, or working their fields, right? <laughs> exactly. But um, I, I think just to make sure that your LinkedIn profile is up to date, that you've got your keywords right, um, that you're saying, you know, agriculture and, and you're looking for groups online of agriculture uh, uh, professionals, and you would look on LinkedIn. You would look, I mean, LinkedIn has so many great groups. And I know I keep going back to that website. But I think for professionals, that's really a, it's a goldmine. Uh, and then I would try to network. I would find out where um, these agricultural uh, people were getting together. Are there conventions? Are there meetings? Maybe they've got a big meetup in Denver where a bunch of people go. And you'll find you'll find. Wherever you have a lot of customers, and if the, if the farmer is the customer ultimately, then you're going to find suppliers to those customers at these different meetups and conventions. I'd probably start there. Okay, so you'd, now at some point, are you going to use something like Craigslist or some of the free stuff or start writing articles or, or try to get uh, – interviewed being a guest uh, blogger or something like that? Yeah, I mean, if you want to stay on the agriculture track, uh, certainly I would find out what the major publications were uh, in that particular industry. And I would try to contact those editors of those publications and say, this is what I do. I've been an accountant for years. I specialized in agricultural accounting, and I would like to offer my consultation services to others who are doing that. But can I write some articles for you? Or, you know, and so then you can do that. Now, of course, at the same time, you're going to build a website and you're going to talk about, you know, this is who I am. Here's my capability. Here are my capabilities. Here are the services that I offer. Here's why I'm credible. Here's a little background. Maybe you'll have some references on there. You'll have some contact information. And then, you know, I really recommend you start writing a blog and people who are interested in this type of subject are going to say, okay, well, great, Here's a, this is a great resource. So you're going to write an article for your blog. That same article can be used in the publication. So you send it off to these different publications. With, and uh, they're, you know, publications that serve industries are always looking for um, uh, material. Experts. Sure, material experts. And, and so you start up a conversation that way, and you, and you start to build yourself a reputation uh, as an authority in that, in that particular uh, industry. Now, how does a blog, if you're going to start a blog first, how does that differ from a website? 
Well, a blog is just, you know, it's funny. That's a great question. Um, I think people get it too complicated. All a blog is, is, uh, you know, it's a web log. It's, it's a notepad on your website. And so for me, for example, I never really wanted to become a website expert, but my expertise was in writing business articles. So I would write, I had the website built by somebody who's really good at that. And mm-hmm. I would write the, the articles of topic uh, and I would send them to my website girl and she would post them on the website. So when you go to my website, you'll see a section. There's a home page that talks about me. There's an about page that talks about me a little bit and, and, and my, some of my credibility. But then there's a blog page. And that's just a series of articles that I've written over a period of time where I would just send them to her and she'd post them on the blog page on my website. All right. So now you've got your, let's say you start with a blog first. Uh, you're starting to get some invites, uh, some guest uh, blogging, you know, getting uh, to write articles for other bloggers that are in the same field. Uh, what, what else could I do to speed this thing up? Would you, any paid advertising you'd recommend or uh, what would you recommend? Well, certainly. Um, so the next thing you're looking for is, you know, for for me, when I look at trying to identify um, uh, or to reach a particular market, once you've identified a market that you want to go after, then I think you have to look for areas. You, you look for things that those people read. You look for areas that they gather. You look for other services that serve that market, and you try to network within those groups. So, um, for example, you might um, publish your article on LinkedIn. Um, you might publish your, you might do a Facebook search uh, and join Facebook and, and look for groups. And this is all keyword searchable, but look for agriculture on Facebook, for example, and see if there are, you know, meetup groups on Facebook and ask to join that group and get known there. Um, Twitter, for example, and Twitter is, is crazy. I mean, it's fast moving and and uh, if, for example, if, if LinkedIn, I've heard it described like this, if LinkedIn and Facebook, um, where there are, you know, great articles written, if those are parties, um, you know, and they're places for you to spend some time really learning and reading and contributing and commenting, um, Twitter really is just a, like a five minute meetup. I mean, it just everything happens so fast, but it does have a great search mechanism and you can go in there and, and use some keywords to find other people that are interested in what you're interested in. Now, with with uh, Twitter, though, you're only allowed, what, 100 and something characters? Yeah, I think it's 100 and, what is it, 170 characters. So it's uh, what most people are doing um, that I see in Twitter is they might have a nice little motivation, a nice message and say, hey, it's happy. I wish everybody a happy Friday. Have a great day. More often what I'm seeing is people that'll say, hey, I just wrote an article about, um, you know, a new farm implement. You know, if you're in agriculture, check here and then they'll put a link to the article that they wrote. So there there you would put your your blog site or your website. Sure, sure. Or you might say, hey, I just found out about a great new magazine serving the agriculture industry. And I'm just staying on that track because that's what we started with. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then you can put a link to their website on Twitter and click. And so it, that establishes you as an authority, gets some attention, and you're putting some value out there uh, really for free with no expectation uh, of, of anything in return. Right? Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it does. Um, 
uh, I'm just trying to think of some other things you might might do on uh, uh, Twitter. Yeah, so because Twitter is is so, I find Twitter very limited, and so you have to think about you know short bursts of information. And I see, like I said, most of the time I'm seeing links um, to outside Twitter. If if you go onto Twitter right now and you have an account and you look, probably two thirds to three quarters of the tweet of the tweets that come through that I see have links to other websites or other articles of interest or uh, some, type, some type of resource. What do you think of, I think some, has men, some people have mentioned like, uh, I guess you could call it article hijacking or whatever. Someone brings up farm somewhere in the conversation that fits, you know, to some degree, and then you immediately go over to that uh, link and comment on it. Because so, you're right up their alley, and then say go over to if you want to hear more of what I have to say, go over to uh, my blog or my website. Well, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, on your blog, you're always going to ask for comments. You're always going to ask for people to to you know take time to comment or or you know ask you know if you have a question or a comment on this article, please do so. Right. So you're always going to ask for that. Um, consequently, when you go to read some of these articles, they're also going to ask for comments. And so the whole point of of this social networking that I think people need to remember is that it is social and it is a little take it. It is a little give. And it's but people like it when you comment on their article and you will like it when people comment on yours. So you try to you try to find people that are of like mind and you try to support each other. So if you didn't have a lot of income or you didn't have a lot of money to put into the startup. Uh, of of yourself uh, commenting on every every blog out there and every uh, website out there that has your subject matter you know fairly connected to what you're doing you, you go there and just comment and just spend all day doing that uh, it's going to get you somewhere sure absolutely for free yeah <laughs> I mean it is it's all free which is which is great I mean you you uh, and and the more you comment and the more you share other people's articles. Um, you know, the more well-known you're going to become in a particular arena. And, you know, all of a sudden you're not a stranger. So you've got to think about this. You know, this social networking and social marketing really is social. It's about getting out there and developing this whole online persona that people can get to know. I mean, one one buddy of mine runs um, a website called Triber.com. Uh, it's T-R. It's a good one. Do you know Triber? T-R-I? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can go on there and you can do a keyword search and you can join groups of other bloggers that have your same interests. And you can read and share each other's articles and you kind of get to leverage what you're writing into all of their audiences and vice versa. So that's a great community. We'll put that in the show notes so people sure. can, uh, can go there. But what do you think uh, when it gets into paying ad- paid advertising like Google has their AdWords, you know, all the ads on the right-hand side, and maybe the first two or three across the top are paid ads. Uh, do you recommend uh, that kind of advertising? Yeah, I've got limited experience with online advertising. All of my, ad- uh, my online advertising has been uh, Facebook advertising. But I wouldn't engage in any paid online advertising uh, until I had products to sell and I was ready to go with, you know, and I had pricing. So, for example, you know, as a consultant, you know, arguably I sell my time. I sell my my time and my expertise. So I'll do a free webinar, for example, 
And and when I do the free webinar, I'll engage people. I'll give them some content. They'll get to know me a little bit. And at the end of the webinar, for example, I'll say, okay, uh, if you'd like some more information, or if you think you know, if, if you think that we could work together, or you'd like some coaching, then please go to this link and sign up. And to get people to that initial webinar, which is a free product, I um, I use Facebook advertising, and it's worked out very well. And what uh, if you wanted to get a couple of hundred people there? What is your cost? Probably, I know it's, it certainly depends on the subject matter, but, but what do you think your average cost might be to get a big enough webinar to do one? Well, I'll give you a specific example. I mean, the first webinar that I did was how to do business planning for 2015, and I did it back in December. And I think I had a $500 uh, allowance that I wanted to stick with on Facebook. Okay. And so the Facebook uh, advertising firm that I used, because, I, again, I'm not an expert in, in running Facebook ads or making Facebook ads. So I know as a, as a business owner, I need to find somebody who is and pay them. And, okay. and so these guys went and helped me. I think they charged me a couple hundred bucks to do the ad. And I had a $500 Facebook budget. And they went and plugged the ad in. And we targeted uh, groups of people who liked Entrepreneur Magazine uh, that were between the ages of 30 and 50, that were uh, fans of Inc. magazine, uh, that were fans of success, fans of Tony Robbins. And so we're able to go and, and pinpoint and make some assumptions about, you know, the demographics and, and other Facebook pages that they might be fans of and say, you know what, I bet fans of this guy's page might like my stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So it worked out well. So, I mean, if there was, again, the accountant and you go out there and see that someone else is doing similar advertising for their field, uh, take a look at exactly who their lists are that they're advertising to and copy a, copy a lot of it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and that, that uh, so I told you 500 on the Facebook ads. I told you $200 to have the ads done. So, so you got 700 in it? So I got okay. 700 into it. So as an example, I had 80 people sign up for the webinar. So 80 people right. signed up. Good. Uh, right. 40 of those showed up. So about 40 showed. Okay. Right? So about a 50% response rate. I, and, right. and I don't have the stats, unfortunately, Ken, on on how many people were reached. But I did get 80 people to sign up. 40 showed up. And out of the 40 that showed up, I had six that called me and said, hey, I want to do, you know, I'm, I'm interested in your offer. I'd like to know. And then out of the six, I ended up having three new clients and those three new clients signed up for $7,000 worth of consulting. Nice. So, okay, so your 700 became 7,000 10 times. Right. Right. And that was just for the initial sign up and then hopefully those people, you know, they and I developed going to be a great, lifetime customers. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's the goal, right? This is just the beginning. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. So, uh, I guess part of the secret here is that you have to have some uh fairly expensive products if you're going to do this. If you're trying to sell $99 products, you're going to have to, s- to sign up a lot of people. Well, you know, that's, that's right. That's, and there's another whole model, which is that you keep putting out great content and free content for a period of time, and you mm-hmm. develop an enormous following. Um, I think the, the most successful podcast guy, for example, that I know that puts out a ton of free content is John Lee Dumas with Entrepreneur yes. on Fire, right? Yeah, he's good. And mm-hmm. he is, I mean, he puts his financials on his website. 
I think his his revenues last month it was February maybe February revenues were over four hundred thousand dollars in revenue in one month. Um, but what, and he has something like a sixty five seventy percent profit, doesn't he? Something oh like yeah, that? right, right. And so, but because revenue is nothing if you only made one percent. No, but I mean it's a low overhead business if it's all online. It's exactly it's not people intensive. And so, what's really cool about his model is he's put he's put out so much information that really helps people get fired up and inspired to start their own businesses, and so that attracts a lot of other people. So he's got um, sponsors. Because he can show, hey, I've got 800,000 people downloading my podcast every month. Nice. So, so LegalZoom used to be one of his sponsors. I don't know if they still are, but um, you know, he'll put a little plug in and say, hey, welcome to the podcast. I want to thank my sponsor, LegalZoom. If you need you know, legal at- uh, attention or help, contact them at their website, blah, blah, blah. But he, LegalZoom knows that's going out to 800,000 people every month. And so they'll pay him for that. Nice. Podcasting is a good business. <laughs> yeah, it sure can be. And it's it's a global reach, which is really cool. Yes, yes. All right. So, okay, this person has uh, – well, let me ask you this. This is one question that keeps popping up. Some say, well, you can't write a book till you're famous. And others say the only way you're ever going to become famous is write a book. What's your feeling on that? Well – I think uh, I, I haven't written a book, um, but I would tell you that that industry is changing a lot. And I have friends who have written ebooks. I have friends that have published traditionally. Uh, and I don't I don't really know what is better because I haven't done it yet. But I can tell you right now, there are a lot of books coming out and there's a lot of good information out there. So the first thing I would do probably is is, you know, start with my blog posts. And then you combine them together or pick your favorite ones and create an ebook and see if there's some demand there. And if there's demand for an ebook, then you can take it to print. Great. So this person that started off with a blog and uh, two or three times a week or once a day, whatever, well, how often do you recommend someone doing a blog should be doing it? Uh, I think I should ask you that. Well, again. To make it work. I mean, if you're really going to do business, what do you think? Well, I think you got to do something once a week in the beginning minimum. Um, and again, it depends on the length of the article. I mean, if you're going to write a, you know, a 2,000-word a uh, article, you know, it's probably going to take you eight hours or 10 hours or 12, depending mm. on the research that's that's in it. Um, you know, most of my blog posts are, you know, 600 to 800 words. I'll have a couple hours of writing. I'll have a couple hours of research. And so for the longest time, I was doing that once per month. And just because I've gotten busier now, uh, I haven't had time to keep up with that. So I'm doing it or I was doing it once per week in the beginning. And now I'm doing about once a month. So, and you're still staying about 800 words. Yeah, I, I just that tends to, I tend to have a single subject that I write about, like accounts receivable financing or sales compensation or firing someone or building a management team. And I tend to write short, quick, to the point, conversational articles about here's how you do this one thing. All right. Okay. Um, so the person's got the blog. He's he's. Uh, been doing it for 20 weeks. He's got uh, 20 articles, 800 words each. Uh, is he ready to, to do an ebook? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, uh, I've got a buddy of mine who did a, um, uh, an ebook on leadership traits. I think it was uh, the 14 leadership traits of Marines. Um, lead like a Marine, I think is what it was called. 
And nice. uh, he did 14 chapters of the 14 leadership traits. I would guess that book wasn't any more than 12 pages long, eight or 12 pages long. And so, you know, it wasn't a ton of information, but it was out there as a complete thought. And and uh, he put it out there and it was very successful for him. He got a lot of new now, followers that way. Did he sell it or did he give it away? No, it was again, it was a giveaway. But what he wanted okay. was he wanted your email address. So, he, so you didn't get it until you gave your email. Right. So he'd say, hey, Ken, I've got this great book. It's Lead Like a Marine. I've applied leadership traits that I learned in the Marine Corps to business because I have a background in both. If you'd like to read it, you know, uh, here are some excerpts maybe and just give me your email address and then you can download the book. And maybe a, a side to that would be bring the book out for twenty nine ninety five and put it up on uh, Amazon or whatever and then say... The book is selling for twenty nine ninety five. I'm going to give it to you free. Yep, you can certainly do that too. So you've got some comparison to because you know someone's going to say free. Maybe that's all it's worth. <laughs> right, right. And we find that a lot, don't we? I mean, but people think that if they didn't pay for it, maybe there's something wrong with it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, as an example of that too is is um, you know I have uh, this coaching class that I that I run um, for business coaching, and I offered some friends of you know two friends of mine that are in a particular business, and I said, hey, I'm going to give you free entry into my uh, my class because they were going to do some things for me, and they never showed up. There you go. They never <laughs> came to the class because it was they valued it at exactly what it cost them. What they paid for. I got you. All right. Okay. So uh, I can see how you can develop this online. Now, let's say you wanted to do it locally, just to go back to that for a second. So now you're an accountant. You wanna, you're want you in a, uh, uh, an agricultural area, I guess. Uh, and let's not just say accountants. Let's say farmers because there's not going to be many accountants in one area that focus on farmers. Uh, you'd have to do a more a national blog or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you were just doing uh, locally and you're going to work with farmers, uh, how would you get yourself in front of them? What, would you go and do free talk somewhere? Or what What would you do to get your, your name out there well, locally? Well, gosh, you know, and so on a local basis then, I probably would go to the places where the farmers go. So I would go to the feed store. I would go to the grain store, I would go to the farm implement stores, and I would offer to hold, you know, free, um, you know, a free talk on a particular topic on a particular time and say, hey, if you'd like to know about how the, um, how the, the federal uh, farm subsidies are going to affect your business in 2015, I'm giving a free talk Monday night from 6 to 7, and I'd love to come and share with you what I'm learning. Then you get them to come, and it's free, and they're coming there to get some information, but then you're shaking hands and handing out your business card and, and things like that. So that's just one example. And that's perfect. Here, uh, my wife gave me this article this morning from the newspaper, Meet a Man of Comic Genius, Chuck Nixon. Right. Uh, he, he wrote some of the characters for Batman and what have you. So he's going to be at the local uh, uh, bookstore and... Uh, to meet everyone. So it's uh, exactly what he's doing. Yep. But you're going to meet everyone that needs an accountant in this case. That's right. So, you know, again, it goes back to those first basic things that we talked about. Create, you know, figure out what it is that you want to offer and then figure out who it is that you want to offer this to. And then go figure out where to find these people. Where do they meet? Where do they congregate? What do they read? All right. So those three things. Okay. All right. Um, Again, starting out, we have a lot of retired people, and maybe they 
have been an accountant for the last 30 years, but they hate accounting. <laughs> right. And so now they want to do something uh, new. What advice would you have for them? Well, and so maybe they're burned out on accounting or something like that. Right. Then, then exactly. you know what? I might I might fall back then in that case on uh, on the hob you know the hobbies or the sports or uh, something that they enjoyed. My younger brother, for example, um, uh, had been struggling a while back in a, on a career direction, and I knew that he had a Ducati motorcycle that he loved, and I knew that he loved to race mountain bikes. And, very fast and expensive. Yeah, and and he like and and then mountain bicycles. And I said, so you've got these two really interesting sports that you obviously love and that you could get engaged in. Did you ever think about becoming? You know, maybe you go sell Ducati motorcycles. You can make a living doing that. Or did you think about going and becoming a product rep for all the bicycle shops around town? So. Um, you know, that's probably the first thing that I would look at if, if I really just wanted a clean break from, um, you know, from what I had been Your doing. Career. Sure. Sure. All right. Yeah. So now I'm sorry to say, but there's many, uh, <laughs> uh, baby boomers that they worked so hard at their job all their life and they just came home and flopped down in front of the TV and they never really had any hobbies. And unfortunately they don't really, they're kind of lost right now. They're retired. And uh, they're not sure what to do. So what would you recommend uh, for them? They really don't have any particular hobbies and, and they uh, are through with what they were doing all their life. Maybe they were a machinist and, uh, you know, there's no chance. Well, I mean, they guess they could consult in that area, but let's say they don't want to. Yeah. What would you what would you recommend for them to, to, to try to get their foot in something? Well, it's interesting um, and it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, for example, I had a telecommunications firm, and, and I was just thinking about how this applies and, and to what I've done, because what I'm doing today has nothing to do with what I did before, except for one small link. When I had my telecommunications firm, um, I did have some time off, and, and so I bought um, a sailboat. And I, you know, I've, I've been sailing since I was a little kid. I enjoyed it very much, so I buy this sailboat. Well, it turns out I sell my, my telecommunications company, and then all of a sudden I became friends with the people that I'm sailing with. And and one of the guys that I'm sailing with opens up a boat dealership and asks me for my advice. And the next thing you know, I'm involved in a boat dealership. <laughs> You're one of the owners. Yeah. And so it's, um, uh, you know, you've got to have, look, you've got to get out there and do something and you've got to be social. So if you haven't had any hobbies, now's the time. And, you know, pick up golf or pick up sailing or pick up fishing or or go work out at the gym. But you just can't sit there and watch TV all day. And then I would just start meeting people and I would look for opportunities to help. And you volunteer. And, you know, if you're at the gym and maybe you hated being an accountant, but, you know, you know that they're maybe they're having trouble financially. You go, hey, you know, I used to be an accountant. If you want me to look at this, I'd be happy to look at it. Um, so I, I think you do have to try to to find some kind of connection or some type of transferable skill that you can carry forward. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure there's something, let's say, again, something, because uh, I know a lot of people that were machinists in the past, and really they don't see any connection and they don't really want to see any connection, and they're they're just sitting at home reading books and watching TV and this, you know, but 
I don't think it's good for them. <laughs> oh no, no, I wouldn't either. But I mean, I mean, uh, somebody yeah. like that ought to go up, uh, open up a coffee shop or something. You know, it's uh, you know, or or find some work that they can do with their hands to benefit other people. All right. Yeah. So do some volunteer work. Sure. I mean, uh, the whole thing is about getting out there and meeting people and presenting yourself as someone who's not there to take, but there to offer a service. And before you know it, you find opportunity, opportunities start coming your way, but you got to get out and meet people. So, but the best, if, if someone really needs to start making some money now, then the shortest route will be using what they've done all their life, I, I would imagine. That's the way to go, right? Well, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, your time is money and you have to look at that time and money as, as an investment. So everything that you've been doing for 20 years or for 30 years or 40 years in a career, you've made an investment in that particular arena. So like I used to come from the technology arena where I had this telecommunications business, but I really wasn't an expert in telecommunications. I was an expert in coming up with a business plan, finding the right people to execute on that business plan for me and building a team. That's what I was good at. And that is transferable into the boat business. So, I mean, it's just, you know, not that it's all about me, but that's just how it worked for me. Uh, so think about the skill sets that you learned in your career. What did I learn? I learned how to work with people. Or if you're a machinist, I learned how to work with my hands. I learned about a particular industry. We made a lot of parts, for example, maybe for the pipe fitting industry. I mean, I just met a really interesting guy the other night who's a friend of a friend, and he runs a rubber recycling business where he takes uh, truck tires and recycles them and that is great and puts them into he makes new tires out of them for a different industry and and so there's just so many opportunities out there but you've you've got to really open you know be open-minded about it so you need to sit down and do a uh an examination of your life and say okay you know what am i really good at and like you say it wouldn't necessarily be you might have been fantastic handling all the management of the other the other people that were on the machines and you were better at that than been being on the machine yourself mm -hmm. so you that's a real transferable skill that you're able to manage people and maybe teach other people how to do management so sure. i guess it's a real a self examination but i'm i just it drives me crazy to see guys that have had amazing lives amazing careers and they're sitting there and they're golfing all day and they're not doing anything. And I'm thinking, how long can you do this for? Yeah, right. Right. I mean, it's like you can only play so much golf. Um, you know, there's a couple of, a couple of books and, and somebody had, uh, somebody posted online the other day in a Facebook group that I'm in and they, and she said, um, I felt bad for her. She said her husband was working at this company. He's been there for a long time. Uh, it's become a very negative and toxic environment and he comes home and he's depressed and all he wants to do is watch TV after he finishes with his work. And she says, what do, what do you recommend? And, you know, there are career counseling uh, um, people that are available. Uh, and then two books that I recommended were uh, one called uh, What Color Is My Parachute? Right. A lot of editions have come out on that one. Yeah. So what I'm going to put that in the show notes. Sure. Too, but yes, I'll put that. Yeah. Up. And then the one that I mentioned before, um, Unleash the Power Within, which is Tony Robbins. Um, so I think um, you, you've got two things there. One is when you've really got to do some self-examination. But the other one is you really got to stay motivated and you really got to stay positive 
Because if you're not out there and you don't have that paycheck coming in and you don't have a boss slapping you on the back and saying you did a great job, then how do you know if you're doing it right? And, and where do you get your, how do you get any feedback? So I think staying positive is a big, big key. Good. Uh, what many people have spoken about is that get a viable, minimal product. So if you're going to do a book, don't do a 120,000 word book that takes you two years to, to write and no one wants to hear about it. Wow. Do, a, do a 20 page booklet and see if anyone's interested. Yeah, yeah. So you've spent two weeks rather than two years. Oh, absolutely. That's just that's just smart uh, smart to test the market, right? So any product. So if you come up with a software program or some idea, put it out there with one feature. Forget about the hundred feature thing, because by that time, by the time you bring it out. The, probably the technology's changes were useless. Yeah, absolutely. And you never want to bring out a new product in, in the vacuum of your own mind, right? <laughs> I mean, create a product. And you thought it was a great idea. Exactly. And, and then, but the best part is to, to create a, a minimal product, like you said, and then put it out there and get some feedback, get some people to play with it. And all of a sudden you start to leverage all of their ideas too. And you never know where that's going to go. Where you're going to go from there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, is there any last uh, moments of advice that you'd give? Again, we have, you know, folks that uh, either have been forced to retire, uh, have been, you know, been laid off or fired, or uh, they've their jobs ended. They're sixty years old, and they thought it would be great sitting at home, and it isn't. <laughs> so, what, what you know. Uh, and now there's others, you know, that have lots of money, but they can't they can't live a quiet life. They lived uh, a great life, and they want to continue. So, what would you uh, just last parting thoughts about what how they should look at life right now? What they should do? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, you know I'm I'm 51 years old, and so I had a great career in telecommunications, and now I'm starting some other careers, and I plan on you know I don't know that I'll ever really retire. Um, you know, I like the work. I find it energizing. I like helping people. I like making sales and making deals. Um, it, there's just so much out there that energizes me. So I think find out what energizes you. And then I think another key thing, and I saw my, I, I saw my own father go through this in his industry where he was in a downsizing industry, right? Mm -hmm. And he never really, and this is my just my observation. He never really figured out how to get out of that industry and, and apply his knowledge. And he was he was a machinist and, and but then moved into management. So he's a planning and, and plant manager. Mm -hmm. uh, and I never saw him really jump over to a different industry to say, wow, this this one's taking off. Um, and so it's that whole idea of really understanding or really being able to put a finger on what am I good at specifically and where else might I apply it? And, you know, lastly, Ken, it's you've got to embrace technology and you've got to embrace change because the whole Internet world is changing everything from the way we watch TV and consume information to the way that we talk with each other, to the way we network, to the way we travel. It's changing everything. And you've got to jump on board and learn it just to the, you know, as, as much as you can. So maybe you uh, in the show notes, I could put some particular trainings that you would take but for your 
what you teach and how you can help these folks. Let's uh, go into that for a minute. What, what do you offer? And I want to put that, of course, so they can get a hold of you. But uh, what are the different uh, uh, training that you offer and uh, maybe private consultation or whatever? Oh, great. You yeah. Go into what you do. Sure. No, thanks for asking. So it's a couple different things. Um, you know, I've got over 25 years of, of business building experience, you know, essentially starting from nothing uh, getting the financing, make, taking the product to market, learning about sales and marketing and operations and management and finance and team building and accounting and taxes. And I went through layoffs and I've been sued and all the stuff that anybody <laughs> own their own business, you know, for a long period of time goes through. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so I do things a couple different ways. I offer one on one consulting that's a little bit more expensive um, and it's, you know, I mean, not a ton. It's, I've got a program at a thousand a month and I've got a program at 2000 a month, but th- that's really for people who are up and running. They've got business, they've got profit and they really want to take things to the next level. And right. then, um, and then I offer a class that we called accelerate 120. Uh, and that's really targeted at the early stage entrepreneurs that have started their business. They might be working by themselves or they might have, you know, a couple other people working with them, but they can't, they're not really sure how to grow the business beyond that and and when to start hiring a salesperson, for example, or how to put a sales and marketing system in place or how to really separate themselves from the business and put themselves on a salary, which does a lot psychologically for them. And I do that in a a classroom environment, a a virtual classroom because it's all online um, but it creates this. They, get, they get a chance to ask questions and everything. Oh, yeah. It's really all about them. Um, so I have, you know, I have nine people in this class and I ask them to come in with their top two or three topics that we can help them with. And we meet twice a month and they get to meet other people in the group and it's all online and it's all visual. And so I guide the group and I offer my insights and expertise, but they also get to know each other and they get solutions from each other. So there's a really great peer group that develops. And sometimes the solution that one person needs comes from somebody else in the group uh, that, that had a similar experience that, that I never experienced. So that's been a lot of fun. Good. And anything, any other things that uh, you have any booklets or anything that you've put out? Well, uh, you've got my, uh, my website is businessbyday.com. It's just business by D-A-Y, my last name, dot com. And I've got about 50 articles on there that I've written on all sorts of different types of things in business that you can search for by topic or subject or category. Um, I've got a podcast, which is basically those same articles that I went and created and, and did this podcast. And so that's reached a bunch of people who prefer to to consume information in, uh, uh, you know, in an audio format. And so really those are my two things and then the coaching. And then I've got my other businesses that I mess with too. Do you do uh, um, interviews on your podcast or is it more uh, just giving knowledge yourself directly? Or? Uh, it's all been, you know, it's all been uh, my own information, my tools, single subject things. So I haven't gotten into the interviews. I just, it, it works uh, for some, but for me it was just like I wanted to keep it small and, and, uh, and really sort of a boutique, you know, management consulting. Okay. And let's go one step further. Do you have any investment opportunities for any, for the folks? You, you seem to keep getting into new ventures. Do you look for uh, uh, investors for these I, opportunities? I, you know what? I don't do that. I know of some investment groups in town here that I can certainly recommend if somebody wants to get in touch with me. Uh, and that's both for people who will have money to invest and it's for entrepreneurs that are looking for investments. 
So I, I know who those groups are, and sometimes I go okay. and, and network with those guys, but uh, I, I'm, that's not my business. Okay. All right. What might we have not covered there that's that's important for my for my listeners right now? Is there anything you can think of that subject matter we didn't uncover that they need to know? Well, I think you know the the main point that and we've I've already touched on it, but I want to reiterate is that you know it's it's a new age and you know the technology changes everything. It allows you to use your mind and, and really uh, affect a lot of people. If if you have something to offer that's great, the word's going to get out there. I think you have to be patient in building an online business, mm-hmm. just like you're building a real business because it is a real one. It's just online. Yes. Just because it's yes. on a computer doesn't mean it's magically going to just explode <laughs> and the checks are going to start rolling in. But maybe at one time, but not now. <laughs> right. But you know, Ken, there I I get concerned about the young people that I see coming out of college today that have a degree and they can't find a job and they and they're trying to start a business and. Man, there's there's so many good kids out there that need, you know, if they're willing to work, boy, I think, you know, make yourself available to them and help them out in some form or fashion. I mean, I got a buddy of mine that's that's making uh, doing very well, making a bunch of money, and he is helping aspiring musicians on their packaging of their material and really helping them get to the right people who might be able to give them a break into the music business. And he's just been hired as a consultant for American Idol. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you just never know. But if you go out there with the attitude that I know something, I know how to do something, and somebody out there might be able to use my help, then go find it. And probably, if you've got an expertise in something, there is some audience. It may not be massive, but there's got to be a few thousand people that do what you do and or need to know more about that subject matter that you're an expert in. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and the reach of the Internet makes it global. So it's not mm-hmm. just people in your town and it's not just people in your country. It's people. It's I have I've had consulting inquiries from Dubai and Indonesia and Spain and England and I'm going, "Man, this is really cool." That's amazing. One of the other fellows I interviewed yesterday, he said people are flying me out to England and in different places, they want me to do the consulting in person over there. So they pay all the expenses. He says, I'll go. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's terrific. So there, there is opportunity there. All right. Well, thank you. It's been fantastic, uh, Rick. Your information is, is going to be invaluable to my listeners. And especially if they want to contact you, I'm going to put your website. Uh, do you want me to put your email on there too, or just sure. the website's enough? No, that's okay. fine. Yeah, it's just Rick at businessbyday.com. Okay. Yeah. So anyone that needs to get a hold of you can, and uh, learn a lot more from you. Well, thanks again, Rick, and I hope to to interview you again in the future. Hey, Ken, thank you so much, and I love what you're doing for your for your customers and your listeners. Thank you, Rick. All right. Take care. All right. I'll take care. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Income for Baby Boomers with your host, Ken Queen. Helping boomers like you get a business started you can run from your own home. We interview owners of both online and offline businesses, but most importantly, ones that are run by baby boomers. Stay tuned next week for new and exciting businesses that you can start from your home. Until next time, have a profitable and blessed week.